We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by FantasyDraft.com, where every day is game day. Nick Whalen here with Chris Benzine. Chris, it's been a while since we've been able to to host this podcast together, obviously with the Thanksgiving holiday and, and some scheduling mishaps. We're having some parking issues at our office. So it's just really torn everything apart these days, but I'm finally glad that, that we're able to get back together um first and foremost i think you there's a lot of packer fans in this office we're located in madison wisconsin for those of you who aren't aware uh but i think you're up there probably in the top three i want to get your initial thoughts on what transpired last night just uh a great play call i think yeah nobody saw it coming uh after i i was very i was questioning richard rogers decision-making right when he threw the ball back to Aaron Rodgers and all Rodgers only option. Yeah. I mean, it's like what, at that point, it's like, what are you going to do? You know, I I understand, but still, but yeah. And then, uh, fortunate on that to, uh, the lions were not very smart and decided to throw a face mask in there and get another opportunity and definitely took advantage of it. And I was surprised when he, when Rodgers threw it, uh, I was looking at it, thought with the amount of loft he put on, I didn't think it would reach the end zone, but, uh, he really it showed. It certainly did. Yes, it did. And uh, Richard Rodgers made up for the previous play by uh, making the catch when needed. So definitely gave a boost to some daily players if they had him in their Thursday lineups. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, Richard Rodgers, he, he must have finished with, what, close to 170 yards yep. uh, yeah, right around there, I think. 61 it, on that play alone. Yeah, exactly. So. He was over 100 on that on that uh, second-to-last drive. But, I mean, the – Everybody's talking about the Hail Mary itself, the the face mask penalty. 
it's one of those where, you know, watching it in real time, I thought for sure it was a face mask. The way Roger's head kind of lurched to the side, and I don't think he was embellishing it at all. I don't, I mean, maybe he was, but I, credit to him if he was. I just think, like, who, you don't really have the, the frame of mind at that point in the game to think to yourself, man, I, gotta, I really got to sell this, like, borderline face mask. I think, you know, he, he brushed against the face mask and then went straight to the shoulder pad, and, you know, kind of either way, your, your head's going to turn a little bit with both of those plays. So, you know, if, if, Looking at it on replay, I think it probably shouldn't have been called, but I, I, I think it was either Mike Carey or Mike Pereira. I think it was Carey on the broadcast basically said it's like 99.9% of referees are going to make that call just because of how it looked in real time. And obviously you can't reverse a call like that or you can't challenge it. So, you know, it's just kind of another another game for the Lions. I and mean, they're, they're more used to this than just about any fan base. Uh, I guess, but if this went the other way around, I mean, this would be, I tweeted last night, I'd have to stay off Facebook for four days, I think, uh, with with the the amount of reactions that would have happened. But either way, I mean, a win's a win in the NFL, especially on the road in the division, but you still can't like the general direction of where this Packers team is right now. No, they've definitely taken a a bit of a nosedive recently, Um, but they did, uh, at least we were on the right side of one of these Hail Mary kind of funky plays to end games that have been plaguing some Wisconsin, multiple Wisconsin teams so far. I mean, not just this season, but just dating back last few years, going back to the fail Mary and whatnot. It's been, a, it's been a rough, it's been rough for those kind of plays. And finally we actually had one, one of these games going our way. And then uh, maybe, who knows, maybe this will be the turning point for the season. Some, something big like this happens. Maybe it'll uh, reinvigorate the team somehow and they'll turn things around. But uh certainly seems like they might be heading in the wrong direction unfortunately yeah I mean this is one that like I said you'll kind of take a win in this situation just because you know loss here and you know if Minnesota is able to win this weekend all of a sudden it's a two-game deficit in the division so you know when it's all said and done you don't really remember necessarily how you win the games you just have to get the win and and that's what Green Bay did I I was kind of surprised like how how jubilant Rodgers was after the game obviously winning on that on that type of play is is about as invigorating as it gets but I kind of figured there would be a little bit more of a man we really dodged a bullet there rather than you know everybody was just genuinely like we beat them we beat the Lions you know and it's like and again you know a win's a win on the road in the NFL but it was it was it was interesting because you know I think coming into this season you, you would think that you wouldn't have to resort to a Hail Mary to beat this Detroit team but it is uh, it's a Detroit team that's playing much better uh, under a new offensive coordinator, the great Jim Bob Cooter. So maybe it's the year of the Cooter. Yeah, I I think they said the Lions had not swept the Packers since like 1990. I think 91. Yeah, 91. Okay, right around that time. So uh, I would. I mean, losing both games would have been a big blow, and it, it looked certainly looked like that for 59 minutes and. Uh, well, 59 probably seconds for, probably about 60 60 minutes of that game well actually, right it was an untimed down play so yep. it certainly looked like that was going to be the case but uh fortunately somehow the Packers pulled it off sorry to any Lion fans out there but uh kind of ha- I'm not going to complain about the way that the game turned out so no and you know me being a Jaguars fan I, I was kind of on the same side of this a few weeks ago with pretty much the exact same play to set up a game-winning play uh, with Blake Bortles getting a much more obvious face mask uh, from from Elvis Dumerville of the Ravens to end up putting them in field goal position. So obviously they didn't win on a Hail Mary, but similar setup. So just a tough way for that to go down. But, I mean, most of the reactions from Lions fans were just, you know, this is what we're used to. So, uh, But certainly an entertaining game, one that looked like it might be over quickly you know, when the Lions jumped out. Was it 20-0? to 0? 
at one point. 17 to 0. 17 to 0 at halftime. Right. They may have. I can't remember. I think it was, it was 20 to 0. Yeah, it might have been because I know Mason Crosby missed a field yep. goal at one point. So. Yeah, when, and that looked, you know, in hindsight, that was huge. I mean, yeah. Green Bay, in theory, had they made that field goal, wouldn't have even needed to get that final drive. But, you know, obviously a lot of things could, could have transpired between then. But still, a more entertaining game, I think, than I, than I expected, especially considering how bad the Packers were for the first 40 minutes or so. Um, but we'll get, into, we'll get into our weekend value plays, looking at uh, the other 15 games. Uh, 14 of those, of course, on Sunday with one Monday night game. And again, we're sponsored by FantasyDraft.com. This is a new sponsorship for this podcast. We're going to be using those values, um, you know, similar setup to a site like FanDuel or DraftKings, maybe uh, sites like that that you know listeners might be a little more familiar with. Although Fantasy Draft does use a $100,000 salary cap, so you know it's basically similar salary setup, similar values, but they're just kind of bumped up a little bit to compensate for that higher salary cap. So, you know, for example, if you're looking at quarterbacks, the top price quarterback uh, this weekend is going to be Tom Brady. He's at 15000 So obviously a salary that's quite a bit higher than you'd find on another site. But again, if you prorate them based on that salary cap, then it's basically the same. So like I said, Brady, 15000 Cam Newton at 14000 Drew Brees, 12900 Matt Ryan, 12600 going up against Tampa. Uh, and then Carson Palmer at 12600 Those are your top five this weekend looking at these higher priced quarterbacks if you're going to pay up at the position Chris which of these guys are you looking to go with yeah if I'm looking at the top five there I think I'm probably going to look at Matt Ryan maybe not Matt Ryan he's he's been he's been struggling a lot recently but Tampa Bay's defense isn't great but Ryan's one of those guys that you know you know we've seen what this offense could do through the first five or six weeks of the season and you know they've kind of followed a similar trajectory to the Packers where it just everything's broken the quarterback play isn't what you expected it to be the receiver play hasn't quite been there but you also know that the potential is there for them to go off for 40 on just about any weekend yeah he does have the weapons around him they've had I mean they have Julio Jones alone that he's probably the best receiver in the NFL I would say and you have and you have I mean arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL well I mean I was just thinking other than Alan Hearns and and Alan Robinson yeah Yeah. gotta gotta remember those guys um uh (laughs) but yeah you have him and you have another a good running back out of the backfield not only can he help open up passing game Devontae Freeman who's back this week after missing last week um but he can also catch the ball in the backfield and help out your quarterback in that scenario as well so, I mean, I, I still do kind of like Matt Ryan, um, but it, he's a guy that could be a risky play and might have low ownership with the fact that he's priced so high and he hasn't played well recently. So I could see using Matt Ryan as, as among those top guys. I mean, Tom Brady, he is facing the Eagles, but it, he's going to be without Gronk. He's going to be without Edelman and potentially Amendola. I think he might be questionable for the game. I'm not, not certain. I think he's, he's somewhere around there. He's either questionable um, I, I believe he's questionable, but I'm not. Gronkowski? No, um, uh, Edelman. Oh, okay. Or okay. not Edelman, sorry. Um, Amendola. Amendola for the game. He's, I believe he may be questionable for the game. So Yeah, it, that's kind of a dynamic situation. He's questionable right now. Obviously, we'll find out more yeah. on Saturday and Sunday. So that's the thing. You have a lot of weapons that Brady usually has. He doesn't have, and he's the top priced by 1,000. He always seems to find a way to get done, but he did show a little bit of a little cracking going on after, like, well, I think it just finally got to him. You know, yeah. it's like how many weapons can you take away? And you know, it wasn't necessarily Brady cracking as much as it was just That's a completely I mean, the, depleted the offense. So, are you saying basically that you might consider fading Brady just because of the depletion? Yeah, I, I've, I think I would, and I feel like they probably have low ownership for that reason as well. But um, I, I think I would probably 
keep away from Brady this week. I mean, there's only real guys, assuming Amendola doesn't play. Even if he does play, he, he has LaFell and maybe Scott Chandler as the backup tight end. Who we They cut Chris Harper. Yeah, they cut Chris Harper, who was supposed to come in there and play that slot role last week. But, yeah, so there's not a lot of weapons there for Brady going into this week. And, I mean, it is a good matchup, but I don't know. I just don't, I don't trust Brady at that price tag there. What do you think about Cam Newton? He's the number one quarterback uh, in our Rotowire weekly value meter, uh, which obviously takes into account matchups, things like that. Um, so he and Br- he and Breeze on fantasy draft are two and three. Newton at fourteen thousand and Brady at twelve nine, or excuse me, Breeze at twelve nine. I think Cam seems like the obvious choice here, but this also I think some people view this as a, a bit of a trap game for Carolina playing in the Dome against a New Orleans team that's either looked really, really good offensively or really, really bad offensively. So we really don't know what uh, New Orleans team we're going to see, but how do you see this matchup playing out and, you know, kind of as a result, the quarterback play? Uh, I I feel like it's going to be Carolina winning this game. I mean, the New Orleans did change coordinators, but they really haven't got improved much defensively after letting Ryan go. Uh, Rob Ryan, the brother of Rex Ryan. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like Cam Newton, you have that upside that he runs the ball as well. He rushes the ball a lot. He can, he's can. he been a bit inaccurate, but he, he's been one of the better fantasy quarterbacks so far this year, and he's facing a defense that really hasn't done much. It is, it's in a dome, so that also helps offense a little bit. But I think the Panthers' defense is just at a, a much higher, uh, a much better defense in general than the uh, Saints. So I, I feel like even though Drew Brees may be a little better passer, the, the better passer of the two, because Cam Newton does have some – he doesn't have a ton of options outside of Greg Olson like that, that you'd consider elite options. But uh, he's he's just a better all-around option because he runs the ball some and he he's – for some reason they're still able to move the ball and the Saints' defense is much worse than the Panthers. So I feel like – even and in the dome, they won't have the effects of some of the weather that you might get at other places. So that may also impact Cam Newton's accuracy along with other things. And I just feel like Cam Newton's probably the better option of the two if I'm going to choose one of those quarterbacks. He is a little more expensive than Breeze, and Breeze is at home, so you think that might help a little bit. But uh, if I'm going to choose between one of those two quarterbacks and I'm going to spend that much money, I think I'm going to take the guy that at least has the um, at least has the benefit of the the rushing game as well as his passing game yep i'm gonna go the same way i I think i would choose cam newton in that matchup just about uh 10 out of 10 times looking down the board if you want to save a little bit more at the qb position maybe stock up at running back or receiver what do you think about kirk cousins this is a dallas team that whether jerry jones wants to admit it or not is pretty much out of it even though the nfc east has pretty much given them every opportunity to stay in the race they're only two games out uh, but with Tony Romo out for the year and this this defense obviously uh, struggling, I think Kirk Cousins could go. I don't know. It, it's it, you look at guys in this price range, and it's so hard to to trust just about any of them. But Kirk Cousins, I think, has probably the highest potential of guys in this range. Looking at Tyrod Taylor, Alex Smith, Cutler, uh, whoever ends up starting for Philly this weekend. Yeah, I think Cutler, or excuse me, Cousins is the guy that you look at that can maybe go for three or four touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he does have some nice weapons around him. He got Deshaun Jackson back a few weeks ago, and he's been able to hook up with him a couple times for some deep balls. He's got Jordan Reed still. He also has uh, Pierre Garçon. So he has some nice uh, options to throw to around him. And like you said, now the 
Dallas is without Romo again. That offense is probably not going to be on the field too often, which will lead to more Kirk Cousins, uh, just him being on the field more often. So definitely some longer drives potentially. And and the defense of Dallas is nothing special. So I could see Kirk Cousins, especially at that price range, like you mentioned, if you're looking for a guy that's a little cheaper, oh, um, he could be a nice option. And another guy that I like that uh, I was highlighting is uh, Matt Hasselbeck at 10-5 potentially. He's playing a Steelers defense that's allowing uh, that is allowing 283 yards passing per game, third to last in the league, just ahead of New Orleans and the Giants. So Hasselbeck, you may not think, I mean, you think 40-year-old quarterback, think Peyton Manning potentially, like not much going on, but he's been able to keep it together, and he's actually been the – and Indianapolis offense has improved a little bit under Hasselbeck. I believe he threw over uh, 300 yards in his last game. I think he threw for a couple touchdowns as well. He threw for 315 yards and two touchdowns against Tampa last week. He has, I mean, I think another good matchup this week with the Steelers, like I mentioned, giving up a lot of passing yards. He has some nice weapons again too. And I, I think if you're looking at another guy there to potentially go with uh, – I think him and who you mentioned before with Kirk Cousins, I think those are two of the good options around that 10000 price range to go with if you're looking for a, a nice quarterback that you that you can uh, put in there under not spend top dollar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think Andy Dalton uh, at 12100 going up against the Browns is a great option. Like you said, Hasselbeck against that Pittsburgh defense. Looking at the running back position, Thomas Rawls is a guy that I continue to like, uh, and he's still not really priced as an elite running back. Obviously, he hasn't really proven himself to be in that range, but he's also shown that he's capable of putting up those kind of numbers. He's at 10100 this week, although he does go up against a pretty tough Minnesota defense. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the question is, is he going to be able to continue – putting up big numbers against the defense but the one thing is he Marshawn Lynch I mean he did catch the ball of the backfield somewhere I think Rawls is probably a little better in that aspect of the game and that definitely helps when you're playing a full point PPR such as uh, fantasy draft they have the full point PPR format so he's a guy that'll help on both uh both fronts there and while I mean he's been very good since taking over for Lynch he's been he's rushed for over 100 yards multiple times I mean, he had over 200 a couple weeks ago. Yeah, over 200 a couple weeks ago. Only had 81 last week against Pittsburgh, so it's a bit down. But um, Pittsburgh's, he still had 81 yards and a touchdown. That's still a pretty nice output. And he's a guy, he can he can catch the ball in the backfield. And if, if that Seattle O-line can hold up, he can, If I mean, they, they're still doing pretty well. So, I mean, he's, he's rushing well. I, I feel like he could be a guy that could go off again. Like you said, he's not priced among those elite running backs at this point because of the fact he's been in and out of the starting lineup I think with with Marshawn Lynch coming back now Marshawn Lynch is out so he'll be that workhorse back the rest of the way how about we look at the Cincinnati Bengals uh, they've been running a two running back system and it's actually worked out pretty well uh, you know a lot of teams seem to run these two back systems out of necessity they seem to do it a little bit out of luxury Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill Hill's at 9400 Bernard at 8800 on fantasy draft this is a question that I've, I've posed to you in the past I pose it to Derek Van Riper on on our podcast every week is there a guy that you can trust? You know, it's it's one of those situations where they've both been productive, but you also don't want to have to choose between both. Um, are there, is there any situation in which you would try to start them both, or do you think that kind of limits the upside just because obviously they're going to be splitting carries? 
I mean, you could get production out of both, but Jeremy Hill, I think, is a little more touchdown dependent than Bernard because Bernard has a little more receiving ability, so you can get some points in the receiving game that Hill generally doesn't get as much. So you can at least get some more from Bernard in that regard. But uh, Hill is their goal linebacker, so there is potential to start the two. You could do it. But it seems more than like it's it's more likely than not that not that both of them probably won't go off like you're not going to get huge points from both. So if you're going to go with one of the two backs, I feel like you can only go with one of them. And I mean, the Bengals could be scoring a fair amount of points. They are without their one of their big goal line targets with Tyler Eifert, who's doubtful for the game. So if he doesn't play, that's that's one of the big t- uh, red zone targets that could be gone, and it could lead to more. Uh, rushes for a Jeremy Hill in the red zone. So if uh, if that's the case with Eifert out, I'm, I might be willing to take a chance on Jeremy Hill because of that. But, um, I, the, I mean, he's at 9,400, so, I mean, he's sitting around the price of a Danny Woodhead of with the, the Tavius Murray, TJ Yeldon. So there's some guys there that are actually, like, workhorse backs, so there may be other guys that you might, around, might want around that price range. But a guy that he, he could – score a touchdown or two and be a sneaky play that would probably be low, have low ownership as well because of the fact that he's going to be splitting carries with Gio Bernard, as you mentioned. How about another team uh, that matched up with Cincinnati recently and beat them at home was Arizona, David Johnson. He's priced at 6700 Chris Johnson on IR. They, <coughs> excuse me, they have Andre Ellington, uh, but he's been used as kind of a, more of a utility back, you know, a guy who catches some passes, they split out every now and then, not really the true three-down back that you necessarily want in fantasy. Is David Johnson, uh, again, at 6700 a better value than Ellington? Yeah, I think the last I knew, Ellington also had an injury of his own, so I think he might be – he missed practice again Thursday, yesterday, so he might be in line to miss the game as well, and if that's the case – I would definitely. Oh, sure enough, he actually has been ruled out just within the last couple minutes. And there we go. So, so now that Andre Ellington's out, I mean, David Johnson at sixty-seven hundred, like you said, that could be a big play because they're without both Chris Johnson and without Andre Ellington, making David Johnson the workhorse back this week. And he has the ability to catch the ball. That's what he's been doing. But he'll also be getting carries now, and so, and especially at that price tag, I mean, the matchup Arizona has. Who did you say that Arizona's playing again this week? Uh, Arizona has St. Louis. Okay, St. Louis, they have a decent defense, but uh, I mean, if still, if you're gonna, if you're looking for a back that's pretty cheap, he's probably the one of the best options that's gonna be available given the amount the te- the offense he's in and the price tag he's at and the amount of production, the volume he's gonna receive. He's probably a very like one of the top options, but you keep in mind that he'll probably also have pretty high ownership considering all of those variables that are working in his favor this week all right looking at a couple other running backs if you're trying to to save a little money one guy that you might want to consider somewhat paying up for you know he's just outside the the top 10 and and pricing d'angelo williams at ten thousand six hundred. i know you like him going up against uh indianapolis yeah i mean d'angelo williams has been the work obviously the workhorse back he's been very good since taking over he's been excellent since taking over for uh Le'Veon Bell and the Indianapolis Colts are one of the top rushing allowed defenses rush yards per game this season they're in the bottom 10 I believe overall the game's at home there so they there's a chance they could be ahead and uh either way they're probably still gonna 
involved plenty of the the running game in that. So I could see him having another huge day. He's another guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield, and uh, is a guy. He's a guy that I just really like. I picked him up in my season long leagues. I've picked him a few times, ta- multiple times, and in daily formats as well. And he's just a guy that I I think any week he can have a big, much like uh, Le'Veon Bell. He's he's not necessarily gonna perform on a weekly basis as well as you would have with Le'Veon Bell but he's still in that same offense and there's a reason Le'Veon Bell is putting up big weeks or big yeah big weeks every week was potentially because or partially because of the offense around him and that's still the same offense even with D'Angelo Williams in there and it's not a a dramatic drop-off in talent it's it's, it is obviously a a fair drop-off but D'Angelo Williams still knows how to get it done even though he is a he is a veteran but he's the first time he's been the lone back he was always in Carolina splitting carries with Jonathan Stewart his whole career he was supposed to be the backup to Le'Veon Bell but now that he's got the full carries he's shown that he's been able to produce when given the opportunity yeah and he's finally being priced uh, appropriately so we'll get into receivers and tight ends in a minute uh, just a quick word from our sponsor again fantasydraft.com flexible lineup format as we've talked about gives you the freedom to choose players you love to watch larger payout zone means more chances for you to win at least 25 percent win uh, in their largest guaranteed contest more of a level playing field than some other daily sites don't have to worry about competing against the same player hundreds of times never more than 20 entries per user in any contest uh, so you're basically putting yourself in the best position to win uh, on fantasy draft great value in these contests and more of your entry fees go directly to the payout zone as opposed to you know to kind of going to to feed the other sites themselves so if you head on over to fantasy draft excuse me fantasydraft.com today you can find out more about how they put players first because they do set that low salary cap again fantasydraft.com where every day is game day Marquise Lee is a receiver that I want to start off our discussion with at the position no Allen Hearns, a guy who had a seven-game touchdown streak for Jacksonville earlier this season. They do have Allen Robinson. Of course, he's the number one guy there. But without Allen Hearns, this is a passing game that's been surprisingly productive considering this is a four-win team heading into week 13. Again, Robinson's going to be the top target. Julius Thomas figures to absorb a few of Hearns' targets. But I think Marquis Lee's the guy who's minimum priced on fantasy draft and is probably minimum priced at most sites, or and if not minimum, just above I think he's a guy you could target as a you know as a tournament play for sure. Maybe not somebody you can rely upon, but I think there's potential here for you know six or seven targets, maybe a touchdown. Basically, he's going to be the third option, uh, I think, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, generally don't want to trust those USC receivers like uh, I've failed to do. I, I definitely trusted one when I took Nelson Aguilar at the beginning of the season. Generally, you don't want to go with those USC receivers because they haven't worked out. But when you're looking at the daily format, you got to throw – that all that stuff out the window not that that really means too much in in the hindsight of, or yeah in the wide picture but um yeah Marquise Lee he's a decent option again this week he's a guy that uh like you said he's going to be third in line in Jacksonville you know them pretty well be, I believe you're the Jacksonville Jaguars beat writer correct I am so you should know that situation pretty well and Marquise Lee Seems to be in line to get a fair number of targets. And like you said, Bortles hasn't been too bad this season. Um, he hasn't been too bad. I mean, he's, yeah. been, he's been up and down. Up it's, and been down. A, it's been an up and down year. If he can stay behind the line of scrimmage, I think that's going to be the big key on Sunday. Yeah, and uh, they have a decent matchup this week. I Tennessee. They're at Tennessee, second time in two weeks. So that, that's the team they knocked off on Thursday night. Uh, I guess second time in three weeks it would be. It's the team they knocked off 
uh, a couple Thursdays ago. Now they go to Tennessee. I mean, it's Tennessee generally, I think, has a little better pass defense. They so, do, but but the you, he's gonna like you said the third third guy there, and, and Hearns he'll he'll kind of be filling that Hearns role. So and right, Hearns exactly had that touchdown streak, like you said. So this is a guy you said not gonna may not get a huge volume of targets, but has a decent chance to score a touchdown. He's he's gonna be touchdown dependent probably, but he has a decent chance to score that touchdown like you need, and, and like you said, at minimum price. That getting a touchdown is huge. Right. Not not a huge – you can spend your money elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. This is a guy, a good route runner coming out of college, a guy who's praised for his athleticism and speed. So, you know, been limited by injuries more than anything. Uh, But we'll we'll veer away from the Jaguars talk and and spare the listeners' ears here. Any other receivers that jump out to you in this player pool? Uh, I'm looking at the player pool. I know one that I like is Sammy Watkins. If you want to pay up a little bit more, but you know, looking at all these receivers on fantasy drafting, Sammy Watkins is kind of a borderline top twenty, uh, top twenty-five price guy here. So I think you're getting a bargain on a player who's coming off of a huge game. The problem is Buffalo goes up against a Houston defense that's pretty much been night and day uh, since you know over the last four or five weeks compared to the first six or seven weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, Houston's offense has definitely turned things around recently, and and uh, but fortunately for Watkins. They have Tyrod Taylor back. It was it was a rough patch when they had turned to EJ Manuel and and Sammy Watkins finally exploded. So he's definitely a risky guy. He's a guy that could like put up a huge week as he did last week, and he's a guy that could um, he could put up a dud. There's there's always the potential for that, unfortunately, with him. But he's a guy that really can explode in big way on Sundays. So it, I mean, if you're willing to pay that much, I mean, probably more of a better choice in uh tournament plays than if you're going to do a more of a safe 50 50 kind of cash double up type thing it's probably not as good of an option there but uh yeah another guy that i like around that place price range is uh jeremy macklin the chiefs are finally starting to move throw the ball downfield a little bit more recently and he's been the biggest threat in that regard he's a guy that has the speed he showed it in philadelphia and he's he's continued to be one of the top targets in kansas city and uh they're facing an oakland defense that's pretty poor against the pass so if there's a get another guy like right around the price range you're talking about paying up for some for a receiver that's a guy that i might be targeting because he's one of their biggest guys in the offense him and travis kelsey are the two biggest passing game options that they have or travis kelsey whichever you want to say um i'm sticking with kelsey i'm sticking (laughs) with travis kelsey okay um yeah so uh but yeah macklin is really one of their the biggest targets there and if there's a guy that i want to pay up for i think he might be one of those guys around that price range because as i mentioned he's that oakland defense is one of the worst in the league fourth worst right behind uh the steelers so if you're looking for a guy that's um looking for a guy that i could find another big game from he's a he's a guy especially around that price range yeah, a couple other guys I like further down. Devin Funches at 7,300. I think he's kind of finally starting to come into his own. Doug Baldwin at 7,400. Remember, no Jimmy Graham for Seattle going forward. So I think those targets, not that he was getting a ton, but those targets uh, are going to be redistributed uh, a little bit more evenly. And I think Baldwin's probably the first guy in that receiving core that you look to. Moving to the tight end spot, uh, Rob Gronkowski, still top-priced uh, on fantasy draft. He's 14,600, but he remains doubtful to play we'll see uh, how that ends up turning out either way probably you know even if he ends up being ruled in and that seems improbable at this point are you going to avoid Gronk just because of the injury concern 
I mean, if he's ruled, it, yeah, maybe because of the price tag that you ha- that's a that's attached to him. Obviously, if you're playing any like non daily formats, that's a guy you're still going to use because of who he is. And he's a guy that'll still. But I, I at this point, it seems highly unlikely that he's going to play. So I don't think I would uh, in daily format, especially. I probably would skip out on him just because of the the injury was last week. He's not like he's too far removed from it. So it's a guy that. Even if he does play, he's probably playing a little bit hurt, but it seems highly unlikely at this point that he will be suiting up Sunday to face the Eagles. So Tyler Eifert uh, is now doubtful for for Cincinnati. That kind of takes one of the top three tight ends off the board. Greg Olson has been about as dependable as anybody. Uh, But what about if you look a little bit further down, guys who have kind of been borderline top five options at the position this year, Jordan Reed or Gary Barnage this week? I feel like I would go... With Jordan, oh man, that is a tough one. It's because, a tough one because you look at you, you'd think that'd be an easy question with who Gary Barnage is, but he has been a touchdown machine this year, which is kind of crazy. He's been a big part of that Cleveland offense, and he will continue to do so. So, I, I still think I don't know. I just still can't trust Gary Barnage myself, and it is against a, um, a Cincinnati defense. It's pretty good defense there. Versus you have Jordan Reed going against, like we mentioned earlier, Dallas offense could be a good guy to pair with Kirk Cousins if you're willing to go with that route. So if I'm going to pay around that price, maybe, I mean, I feel like Reed might be a little more of a safe bet because I think he'll he's pretty much going to, he's going to get the targets. Barnage may too, but he's, I still feel like he may be a little low, have a little lower ownership because people still don't trust the name and that guy. So if there's a guy you're going to go in tournament play, I think Barnage might be a decent option because he's there's definitely still the chance for the touchdowns. He's still the biggest, one of their biggest weapons, potentially the biggest. They don't really have a lot of passing options. They have, I believe, him and mainly like Travis Benjamin are their top two guys, really. They use Duke Johnson some in that. But, uh, I mean, Barnage has been their one of the, the biggest probably producing uh receiving weapons so far this season so i mean i think that barnage could be a good another good option this week so especially for those tournament formats but if i'm going to go safe play 50 50 that's where i'd probably target the jordan reed all right so if gronk doesn't go or even if he's limited scott chandler priced way down at five thousand, is he kind of a, a no-brainer this week yeah i think he's the obvious choice at tight end i mean he's that, that's i believe the minimum price and if you're i mean you're getting the, in an offense in New England that has generally used tight ends frequently as part of the offense, and, and again, um, if Gronkowski's out and they ha- they're without multiple receivers, Chandler would also be moved up in the totem pole for for targets there. So even if he is, uh, even I mean, if Gronk plays, obviously that limits Scott Chandler's value, but it seems highly unlikely. But uh, I think Chandler is just a, a very good option this week. They're facing, like I said, the the Eagles defense, who's not who's been prone to being beat by the pass. And you have Tom Brady at quarterback. You have an offense that is designed to get people open and is, utilizes tight ends a lot. So all all signs point towards Scott Chandler having a very nice week this week. All right. Anything you want to touch on uh, with team defenses? Yeah, I mean. Just kind of looking and throwing out there, I don't know. There's nothing huge. Just, uh, I mean, I guess you could go with the Bears defense potentially against the 49ers. I could see that one being a a good matchup. And they have surprisingly been better than expected. 
And uh, the 49ers, I mean, it is Blaine Gabbard, actually, so you might want to look out because I believe he is a real American. So uh, if if you're looking for uh, – but if you're looking for a chance there, I mean, there's some decent options. T- defenses are always generally ter- uh, tougher to predict, so something that I uh, usually save for one of your last picks, see what the price ranges are. But um, I kind of like – I kind of like uh, Cincinnati, obviously, against the Cleveland on the road. It's still a decent option. Um, there's there's a few options out there that you can go with. Arizona, obviously, if you're willing to pay top dollar, I think, against St. Louis. Um, but, yeah, there's potentially Buffalo. It, it's a, That's a riskier one because Houston's been a little better, but it is on the road for Houston this time. They're, it is in different – the the conditions aren't going to be a nice dome for Houston to play in this time, so it's on, it's on the road. So that's another uh, another decent one there. So there's some decent options on defense this week. But, uh, I mean, I guess that's usually one that I would say for last if, for most part. So, I mean, depending on how much you have left, I think uh, that'll determine which, which price range you're looking for at defense. So. Yeah, I mean, like you said, defenses are so unpredictable week to week, but definitely want to target guys like Matt Schaub and Blaine Gabbert. Uh, But that'll do it for us. We'll wrap this up, keep it uh, nice and quick. Again, we are sponsored by FantasyDraft.com, where every day is game day. Good luck to all of you on daily contests, season-long leagues, playoffs probably starting in a lot of leagues this week. Um, you know, I say this every week, but if you're somehow alive in your survivor pool, uh, kudos to you, I guess, more than, more than anything. I shouldn't even say good luck at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a fun season so far and still, uh, several weeks left in the regular season. So looking forward to a fun week of football, got some great college games on Saturday with conference championship weekend, uh, and a lot of college basketball as well. So another great sports weekend. So we'll be back. Oh, the, the Roadwire DFS podcast, I should say, we'll be back on Monday. Chris and I uh, will be back next Friday. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.